get ready. Welcome to the Two Metal Fans Podcast, where we talk about metal and non-metal and things about life and things that don't matter, so get used to it. We're gonna talk your face off. Welcome back, everybody, to the Two Metal Fans Podcast. It is your host, Logan, and unfortunately, my favorite co-host in the world is not sitting with me today. What the heck? Yeah, man, it's like crazy. I it's guess. like crazy. Put that in the headlines for everyone to read. No, there's yeah, like, a lot of s- snow and ice here. So instead of driving the, what, 20 minutes to get to each other's place, we just decided to do it over the interwebs. Not as fun, but got to be done. It's still funny that it took us almost 20 minutes to get this up and ready to go, though. Well, dude, we haven't done it over the interwebs for, like, months. I know. It's just, it's funny that, you know, you'd think you'd save time, but you actually didn't true that yeah usually we've started way earlier than this so let's get to step in <laughs> wait, wait is this like a workout tape now we can make it a workout tape if you want i mean some of yeah. the some of this music could be pretty good to work out to that's true first song being gojira's new single born for one thing and that thing oh. is to work out right right yeah exactly the born <laughs> no shut up okay but I was not expecting a Gojira single on a Wednesday in the middle of February. I don't know about you. Listen, man, at the rate the stuff's happening, expect the unexpected. That's true. That's true. Born, for one thing, I'm going to say now, is one of their best songs they've ever done. I'm glad you agree. Oh, did you did you ask for my opinion? No, I don't care about your opinion. Yeah, because I I don't agree. I was I was hoping you would expand more into that before I, you know, shut you down. Oh, I I was waiting for the shutdown. Yeah, no. So I believe it's one of the best songs they've ever. Written. Well, you're wrong. Gojira is an incredible, incredible band. One of the best out there. But one of the things they do really well is uh repet like keeping things repetitive, but also um refreshing. So they'll play like the the same thing for a lot of the song while slightly tweaking but this song was extremely different they went from one thing to the next thing to the next thing and it was constant twists and turns there was three breakdowns back to back to back and it was one of the most it was one of the songs that kept me on my toes the most by gojira definitely one of their best well i don't think it's one of their best and I don't think it's one of their best because all of their other songs that I have in contention for best make use of one of the techniques that are in this song heavily, if that makes sense. Like, this is kind of like... Is that they... technique playing instruments? <laughs> playing instruments, like, the fucking coolest way possible, maybe. Um, no, so I think it's a good mix of, like, From Mars to Sirius and um, their latest release, Magma. They incorporated a lot of techniques for magma that i don't want to say were new but like they really like refined and nailed uh but they also brought back a little bit of the riff styling of from our series which in my opinion is a lot heavier than magma um so like i think this is a great mix of their sound and i'm super excited for the album uh the vocals were a little quiet for me i don't know if that was just a bad spotify stream or whatever but it sounded a little quiet and the guitar tone, I think, wasn't as impactful um, as I expected from Gojira. But as far as like the content of the song, I was pretty impressed. 
Yeah, I have to agree. The, the uh, vocals were a little quiet, but I don't think it took away from the song at all. It was just slightly different than what we're used to from Gojira. And to be honest, I did not recognize any guitar tone difference, but I don't usually recognize those things. You're like, there's guitar in this song? I, I totally didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> but some other singles, I'm not. we don't want to get into them just because they're not as cool as Gojira. Nothing could be. But Of Mice and Men dropped their second single for their upcoming EP. It's called Timeless. Cabal dropped another single. They've got a bunch out now, so I'm hoping they're going to put out a record soon. August Burns Red dropped Extinct by Instinct Reprise, which was pretty fun, to be honest. I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. And then That was the, the B-side from their last album, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, isn't this the one they released like a few weeks ago, or is this like today? No, this one is one that was released like last week. Okay. Like on yeah. Friday. I think that was a like from the session of their previous album. They just didn't make it on the album. No, because this was a this was a reprise of an of an old song. Oh well, then ignore everything that I said. I don't think I've listened to that one. Then I'm pretty sure. Man, I looked at that and thought I knew exactly what it was, and I guess I'm wrong, which is often the case. So Logan's yeah. never wrong. Never wrong. Just get that get that through. Uh, no, Extinct by Instinct was on the album, and this is a reprise of Extinct by Instinct. The song you're thinking of, the B-side, was Standing in the Storm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've listened, I have not listened to this reprise, then. Uh, well, as soon as this podcast is over, that's what you have to do. Yep. All right, see ya. Thanks for the podcast. See you guys next week. Goodbye. No, one other single is Reflections dropped a new single, Cicada, and I'm pretty sure they have an upcoming EP soon. You know, it was good. It was basically Willow, uh, maybe a little more Thaw, which I heard that this EP, they did work with uh, the guy from Viljarta, so that would make sense. You can't so. get any more Thaw than the guy from Viljarta. He is Thaw. Well, I mean, it could be like guys from Viljarta. I don't know. True, true. Uh, an EP to check out. Demon King dropped the EP, The Final Tyranny. So, like, uh, probably, like, tech death metal. Pretty good. Nothing to, like, call home about, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, some albums. Humanity's Last Breath dropped Valde. They, I'm per- one of the guys from Viljarta is in Humanity's Last Breath. It's, like, a second band. I'm definitely going to add this to the review next month. I like it a lot. Cool. Excited to check it out next month. Uh, um, Abiotic released Ikigai. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's another death metal. Or de- this is like a tech deathcore record. It's kind of like a Japanese um, version of Lorna Shore's Immortal. And bl- impressed me. So I'm excited to listen to it more. I'll probably add that to the review as well. It was pretty good. Yeah. Dope. From like initial listen, because I only like listen to these once. They were good. Uh, Hollowmaker is like a really small band they dropped this uh it's a full album no silence no solace that was surprisingly really fun the production was not as good as what you get from most bands nowadays and so that was a little off-putting but they had some very creative deathcore which don't get me wrong deathcore i love deathcore but it can be kind of boring especially since there's so much of it they did it in a way that was extremely unique and fun and angry and evil and just added all the different sprinkles of like intensity to it and it was great 
and then God is an Astronaut dropped an album, Ghost Tapes, number 10. They're like a instrumental prog rock band that just kind of, if you've heard Russian Circles, very similar to Russian Circles, just played this very, like, calmingly intense instrumental music that I love to listen to while, like, coding or whatnot. Huh. So, yeah, if you haven't checked any of those out, I would highly recommend. I'll get right on it, boss. But what have you been listening to? Well, a lot of Bless the Fall recently. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah, me too. Uh, other than that, though, what have I been listening to? Uh, a lot of Meshuggah. Trying to learn some of their songs and guitar. And then a little bit of Colors and Parallax, too, because I'm also trying to learn them on guitar. Good luck, good luck. Um, besides that, nothing outside of the two that we're about to talk to. Ah, yeah. So one thing that we talk both... about, I guess, we're not going to call them okay. up and talk to them. But... We should. We should really call up GoGo Penguin and say, yo. Dude, if I had GoGo Penguin's number, not only would it be on my speed dial, but I'd call him right now. No, we're in the middle of a podcast. Wait till we're done. Gosh. Well, it's not called Wait, Wait, Penguin. <laughs> okay. So the first <laughs> album up that we're going to review today is GoGo Penguin by none other than Go Go Penguin. Artist and album name. A lot of goes and a lot of penguins. Um, I mean, why... they have a pretty good ratio of go to penguin. It's two ghosts for every one penguin. That's true, but then when you have... Yeah, I mean, but by the end of the album, you have four goes and two penguins, and those goes could take a penguin out easy. It's two up to V1. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure penguins are cooler than goes. What's a go? Uh, it's nothing unless you combine it with go-go, and then it's a sick first half of a band and an album name. That's pretty good. Why did you put this on a review? Because uh, I was scrolling through Spotify and saw something called Go-Go Penguin. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what style of music it was. I like I saw Go Go Penguin and I'm like we need to listen to that so I put it on the the schedule and then I went to go listen to a song and I'm like oh yeah this was a great choice so then I kept it and then here we are well that's fantastic uh what kind of genre would you say Go Go Penguin jazz <laughs> you didn't sound very confident but I would agree with you I I would think jazz or like what do you mean I didn't sound confident that was just me trying to sing oh. No, it was... Oh, wow, you had all the confidence in the world, bud. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I didn't know what to expect. I like jazz, but I don't typically say I would love it. Um, And when I saw Go-Go Penguin, I really didn't expect to like it. I thought it would be very cliche or gimmicky. But, no. Uh, first listen, I thought it was just an easy-to-listen-to small little jazz record. But then with some subsequent listens, I began to like it a lot. Um, you really, the more you listen to hear the small complexities that go throughout the album, the jazz, and it's super easy to listen to and lighthearted. So like I could throw it on at any moment and just kind of enjoy it. 
but at the same time there was something there to make me on my toes so even when i was like driving or trying to actively listen i was still enjoying it full force and i i like jazz now i gave it an 8.6 out of 10 pretty good rating from you yeah i mean i i expected decent with jazz but not that good and so i'm I'm happy that you put it in the review. My favorite song was Signal in the Noise. All right, well, I thought it was a pretty chill album. Uh, I liked how overall I would say the vibe it gives off is atmospheric and like spaced out kind of flowy. Um, There was always a lot of breathing room. But it never sacrificed any sort of like musical complexity. There was always some crazy shit going on. But it wasn't crazy like in your face, just getting slapped around with as many notes as possible. Not saying that's what other jazz does, but it just it felt like you always had room to just sit back and do what you wanted to while listening to this, as opposed to you have to listen to this. I wholeheartedly agree. That was a good good way to put it. Um, also, I feel like the instruments were full of emotion. Like, they were very dynamic and expressive in the ways they played notes. It wasn't just, like, the same kind of timbre the entire time, um, which I thought was super cool, mixed with the fact that, like I said, it was, like, kind of flowy and atmospheric. I thought it was a cool vibe, uh, but I didn't get, like, a grabbing factor that made me want to be like, I want to listen to Go-Go all the time. But... I think from like an album start to finish experience, this is a very solid album. Um, and if you like are interested in the jazz genre, I don't think you're going to dislike this. It's like tasteful, full of good shit, but uh, I don't know. Just something wasn't grabbing me. Uh, favorite song was Atomized slash Don't Go. I didn't have a least favorite song because I thought they were all pretty dope. Um, and I will say there was a moment in Atomized, it was around the middle of the song, where like I heard it and I was just like, holy crap, this thing is great. Like, drop the dishes I was washing in my sink and just had a little like, digest what was happening. Um, I gave it an 8.25, because like I said, something was just missing for me. But I'd highly, highly recommend. I would also highly recommend... I think it's good for anybody to listen to, so since it's such an easy listen. But first, I thought Gogo Penguin was weird just by the name. Then you drop in an album by a band called The Longest Johns. What is yeah, that? Yeah, dude. Why The Longest Johns? I don't. Know, I don't know why they picked that name for themselves. No, why did you? pick the longest johns between wind and water for us uh solely because there's a song on there called the wellerman and it like blew up on tiktok in popularity and i had watched a video uh, of a guy on youtube his name is adam neely he broke down like the music theory behind kind of like sea shanties i guess because everyone called this like sea shanty um spoiler these aren't sea shanties. These are just like folk songs that happen to be about the ocean. Um, because like too long didn't watch this breakdown of that video. Sea shanties are very call and responsey. So like 
somebody in charge of hyping up the people on the ship would like sing a verse and then like the people working on the ship would respond and then the way they responded would like hype them up and make them want to work harder pretty cool uh you should go check out his video if that interests you but i put it on here because i honestly think the weatherman slaps it's so cool fair enough fair enough what do you think of the album itself though as a whole not as cool as the weatherman um but i don't know it's i think it's i think it's fun to listen to and like they're all kind of like acapella so there's like no instruments here um i wouldn't say they're kind of like acapella they are acapella yeah well you know <laughs> english is hard the lyrics are cool because they use a lot of like slang i don't know if it's like sea slang or just i don't know it's cool they got like bully boys and like tongue in and i don't know you're just listening to this and you're like dang i have no idea what any of this means but it's it's cool it gives a character um a lot of the vocal lines are pretty cool like the harmonizing they do um i don't know it's just different and cool cool i gave it uh an 8.25 which is honestly higher than i thought it was gonna, gonna give me also if you've ever played Assassin's Creed Black Flag you already know what this kind of sounds like and it I don't know it's just it's just fun I don't know what else to say it's fun I had a fun time it's fun I enjoyed listening to it because it was fun F is for friends that do stuff together U is for universally having fun listening to this album oh my god alright we're done uh, <laughs> N I... is not enough time for Logan to talk because it's too fun listening to this album <laughs> I expected myself to like it more than I did. Um, when you said it was acapella and kind of like, what, musically in a sense, I was like, oh, tight. That sounds awesome. Pirate acapella. But I don't know. I didn't hate it, but I didn't get into it at all. Like the the slang didn't pull me in. It kind of felt like it was just there, but wasn't necessarily that fun to listen to. Um, the Wellamine was great. The Wellamine was fun and very interesting. But every other song, I don't know. It just felt like some type of cheesy pirate song that wasn't anything that special. Maybe I was in a bad mood when I listened to it the couple times I did, but I couldn't get into it. It wasn't as fun as I was hoping for. Not fun. You know, not every music is for every person. That is true. I give it a 7 out of 10. Music is subjective, so... All I'm going to say is you probably wouldn't make a good pirate. I'd probably say the same thing, to be honest with you. I don't really care for the ocean that much. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't make a good pirate either. I mean, I'd like the songs that were happening on the ship, but I'd probably be seasick and dying. Actually, I'd be a pirate just to see that. I see where our friendship's at. <laughs> so why were you listening to so much Bless the Fall lately? Um, probably for the same reason this episode is titled what it is. Um, somebody like contacted me and was like, "Hey, I think we should listen to Bless the Fall because they are pretty cool and influential in the genres of music we like to listen to. We should listen to all their albums and talk about it." And I was like, "That sounds like a pretty tall task. I'm in." <laughs> I'm in. 
two short guys tackling a tall task. So what's a bless the fall? Besides a pretty, pretty decent band name, they're a group of guys from Phoenix, Arizona that formed a band in 2004. That's a lot longer ago than I expected. But maybe I'm just getting old. <laughs> Loser. That's true. But before we really get into the band and who they are and what their albums are, how did you get introduced to Bless the Fall? I think it was you. It might have been. Honestly, I don't remember. Um, I don't remember either. This was just kind of one of those albums that ended up on my phone after we started listening to this kind of music. Yeah, so like we when we started listening to this kind of music, obviously Asking Alexandria was the main the main gate for that. Um, I think Bless the Fall was too. I think Bless the Fall was one of the bands. I think it was Asking Alexandria, Bring Me the Horizon, and Bless the Fall were like the three bands that really opened up the doors to metalcore. Would you agree or disagree? I would totally agree. And I remember very much listening to Bless the Fall all the time with you. Not as much with other people outside of you, but literally all the time with you. And that's because, like, didn't you learn every single song on their album Awakening on guitar? Yeah, so, like, whenever I was learning guitar and actually, like, learning it, not just going to take class and slacking off because I didn't enjoy it. Um, Asking Alexandria's first album and Bless the Falls Awakening were instrumental in helping me learn how to play guitar. Um, I guess pun intended there. <laughs> but yeah, I literally sat down and listened and learned every song on that album. And it became one of my all-time favorites. And honestly, it quickly became an all-time favorite for me as well because of the f- one, we would listen to it together pretty often, and then two, you would always play me the songs, and I loved it. It was great. So what I hear is, if I want you to like an album, I just have to play it for you on guitar? Over and over again until I like it. Alright, I'm picking up a Hannah Montana album next. <laughs> Dude, I already like all of those. What do you mean? <laughs> Alright, uh, The Wiggles? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh, but who is Bless the Fall? Some dudes from Phoenix. The um, as high schoolers, Matt Trainer, who's their drummer, Mike Frisbee, their old rhythm guitarist, and Miles Bergsma, their old lead guitarist, and Jared Worth, their bassist and unclean vocalist, all formed Bless the Fall. In high school, could you imagine forming a band in high school that would have come to be like what Bless the Fall has come to be? Uh, I, I can imagine being in a band in high school, but I can't imagine it going anywhere. <laughs> That's like, I don't know. I just feel like as high schoolers, you don't really know what you're doing, you know? Oh, 100%. Like, and you're I just don't... having fun, and for people to like have fun and then have it go somewhere is pretty impressive. Very true. One other member that was in the band, I don't think he helped form them at the very beginning, but he was a part of the band at the very beginning, was Andrew Barr. He did. He was the first vocalist. Um, but in 2000, later in 2004, so the same year the band formed, but a little bit later, Craig Mabbitt, which that name should sound familiar to you, joined in as the lead vocalist, which caused Andrew Barr to take over his keyboard. Keyboardist. Keys? I don't know. But do you know who Craig Mabbitt is? 
Wasn't he the guy from Escape the Fate? He is the guy from Escape the Fate. He so, is or he was? He is in Escape the Fate now, I'm pretty sure. Um, so he... I don't know what band he was in before Escape the Fate, but he was in Bless the Fall before he went to Escape the Fate. Mm, okay, I got it. Mm-hmm. And then so a year after the band formed in like 2005, uh, Andrew Barr left, so that caused the bassist Jared Warth, who Jared is probably one of the most iconic members because he is the um, the unclean vocalist. He moved to do, he did unclean vocals, he did bass, and he after Barr left. And then also in 2005, so before the band even put out any music, their original lead guitarist, Mike Miles Bergsma, left to go to Berkeley in 2005 to go to, to university there. Um, and surprisingly, my, I looked Miles Bergsma up. He is now a composer, not quite famous yet, but he's actually been a part of scores that were in movies like The Dictator, Katy Perry's Part of Me, Men in Black 3, and even done scores on NICS. Wow. Isn't Crazy. that weird? It's yeah. Little... Good for him, though. Probably pays more than Blessed Paul. I mean, I don't... Actually, I, don't I, I, I have no idea. But, yeah, so he decided to leave this, what, metalcore punk band to go to Berkeley, which is a huge music college, and then end up being a composer. Good for him. Uh, But right after he left was when the band released their first EP ever called Black Rose Dying, and this was uh, later in 2005. And right as they released it, they also introduced their new lead guitarist and their current lead guitarist so the lead guitarist for every single album eric lambert um have you heard black black rose dying no i have not me neither i found one song from the ep on youtube called black rose dying and it was just a worse version of uh their first album <laughs> Honestly. Well, i mean evolution's pretty cool <laughs> evolution is pretty cool and so that's when we move on to kind of the discography as a whole. The first two things they did, so they formed in 2004, released an EP in 2005 with Black Ro- called Black Rose Dying. They released the second EP in 2006 called Bless the Fall. Did you, Have you heard that one? No, actually. Me, me neither. They're not on streaming platforms, so I'm guessing they were just like stuff they would hand out at shows at the time. But I have not heard it either, so I have no idea what it sounds like. Yeah, I had to like think for a second, and then I was like, I don't, I don't remember seeing that on the Spotify. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so then, in two thousand seven, they dropped their first album, "His Last Walk," producer produced by Corey Spots, and the label was there was two labels. I don't know which one was first. I think Ferret Music was first, and then they moved to Science Record label after that. I don't like, really know much about those two. Science, science. Like science, it's called science. I don't know. It's it's like science records or science. Is record. it like SCI or PS something? No, it's it's S C I E N C E, like okay. science. Cool. So yeah, so his cool last label. walk. That is a cool label. What do you think of What do you think of the first album? Because I don't know about you, but it wasn't an album that I listened to very much back whenever I became a fan. I was more of a fan of their next two. So honestly, I didn't know it existed until doing this prep. Dude. I always thought uh, 
Witness was their first album. I mean, however, we make it that way. <laughs> however, this just sounded like 2007 metalcore. So, like, it wasn't bad, but, like, it was 2007 metalcore. Oh, yeah. It it truly is. And the production's awful. But, like, that's 2007 metalcore. So, what are you, you going to do? Nothing you can do about it. It's the first, first and only album with Craig Mabbitt. So, in 2007, they were on a tour. Um, it was in Europe, yeah. So, they were in the middle of a 20, 2007 European tour. Craig Mabbitt... Um, let me go back a little bit before the tour, before the European tour. Craig Mabbitt said that him and the band mutually decided to part ways. He wanted to focus on being a father, and the band said they were kind of tired of him. Apparently, he was an alcoholic. So, <laughs> right. So before that tour, Craig's like, "Hey, I'll finish this tour with you guys, and then I'm I'm gonna be- leave the band." They're like, "All right, that's cool." Like, it was mutual during that tour. During one of the or between shows, Mabbit apparently just left. Left them to do, I think it was sixteen shows on their own. Um, Whoa. Yeah. So after that happened, they didn't want him back in the band, even though he originally said he wanted to leave, and then he expressed interest in coming back, but they weren't having it, probably because he left them in the middle of Europe with no singer. Yeah, that's. I mean, I said the other thing was rude, but this is like a whole new level of rude. Yeah, and we'll get more on Craig Mabbitt and his rude awakenings. Heh, no pun intended. That was Later. awful. I can't believe I was the witness to that. <laughs> it's all right. It's my last walk. <laughs> God, you're going to be a hollow body, dude. You're going to be to those left behind, and I do have hard feelings about this. You can't take all of them, man. You gotta I just them. did. All right, all right, all right. So after that happened, Take the Crown, another medical band at the time, broke up. So they contacted Bo Boken, who was the vocalist of Take the Crown, and basically said if he wanted to try out, he sent a demo. Um, or they sent him a demo of a song, asked him to write lyrics for the song, and also perform it. Um, and it impressed the band to the point where they actually took this song that he kind of co-wrote before being in the band, and that is the song... Hey baby, here's the song you wanted from the uh, next album, Witness. That's a pretty good song too. It's one of their most iconic songs, actually. Um, so yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, but uh, Eric Lambert, the guitarist, did an interview with Noise Creep, kind of talking about uh, Craig Mabbitt and how he left the band, how he became disruptive and left them with 16 shows to go. And then a fun fact: after Mabbitt left and all that happened. He formed his own band. Do you know what that band is called? No. That's not what they're called, no. He formed The Word Alive. Oh, really? Yeah. And he was kicked out before they released any music, and then it was <laughs> replaced by Telly, who's the vocalist now. Wow. And then he joined Escape the Fate after Ronnie Radke went to prison. That's what an arc he, this guy has had. I know. Bless the Fall to The Word Alive to Escape the Fate. All pretty huge bands in the scene. I mean, can you even call him a member if he didn't release any music? He was a founding member. Like, it was his band, so kind of. That's the funniest part, too. It's like, hey, 
I made this band that's really famous, but I had nothing to do with it. Right. Well, I shouldn't say that. He might have had some stuff to do with it, but he he's not in it for the first album. Exactly. He's not in it for any of their albums. Well, I mean, you can't have an album before your first one. Yeah, that's true. But Mabbit's only a small chapter in the puzzle of Bless the Fall, so let's move on. The second album came out in 2009 called Witness. This one was produced by a different person, Michael Basket. They also switched labels and went to Fearless labels. So that's a huge jump because Fearless, especially at that time, was especially big in that scene. Maybe not a big label, but in that scene, they were huge. And so their second record, Witness, was on number was number 56 on the US 200 chart. Honestly, that kind of is impressive for a metalcore 56? band. 56? Yeah. For the second release of a metalcore band? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Fearless Records did an incredible job of marketing bands back then, and they still do. Wow. I'm, like, honestly very shocked about that. Honestly, I was too. But uh, what do you think of Witness? Because... To me, this is the album I think of as like more so their first album because it's one, their first one with Bo, who is still the vocalist, and it's really where they started to find what I would call their sound. Yeah, agreed. I feel like uh, Hey Baby closely mirrors Awakening, which is funny that it's the first song that Bo sent vocals in for, because I feel like it's the most different on that album, but all in all, this album's pretty pretty solid. There are, I feel like there are a few standout tracks and some other weaker songs, but this is definitely a huge step up from the previous work and um, really paves the way for going forward. No, I would agree with that almost all the way. I think this was a, like a massive step up from their first album. The production, although it isn't perfect, it's much better. And just the style yeah. of music, this is where they really start to find their style of being breakdown heavy and having soaring choruses and melodies and doing it in a way that wasn't that gimmicky and was really fun. Yeah, but- I feel like uh, the guitarist really grew a lot between this album and Witness, or sorry, this album and Awakening, um, mm-hmm. which is probably why I like Awakening more. But if I had to, like, I don't know. Witness is still a very, very good album. Um, it's just like you said, it's it's a little older, so the production isn't as good as their newer ones. And they've definitely progressed more. But, like, I don't. I think it holds its age very well. Oh, yeah, I agree. But also talking about Awakening, which is their third album, we released two years later in 2011, is basically Witness 2.0. It it's almost the same thing as Witness, but more matured vocals, guitars, everything. Like, everything is just stepped up to a better degree. Yeah, is- I feel like uh, the singing is more prominent. The screaming is somehow also more prominent. Like, I don't know how that... You can have both paradigms more prominent. Um, the guitar tone is fantastic. The breakdowns are simple, but very effective. Um, the guitar style is so good in this album. The use of like hammer-ons and pull-offs on a single string all over the fretboard is very cool. Um, I This was the one of the first albums that, that I ever noticed, and I'll use the word noticed, 
a like a cohesive feeling between all of the songs like i'm like fairly confident it's not a concept record but all of the songs fit a similar theme while all sounding very different and, and they like, all if, flow together as well yeah it's crazy like if i had to recommend a metalcore album from like i probably wouldn't recommend this one today like there's different ones i would recommend but like this is a staple hall of fame metalcore album hands down oh it's up there so, for sure. so good the album art's fantastic i literally there's nothing wrong with this album except for that it ends <laughs> <laughs> well it the reason it sound, probably sounds like witness is because it was produced by the same dude michael basket same label fearless but this one charted at 32 on us 200 yeah that's right it doesn't get i'm I'm making a hard bet without looking at any data. It doesn't get any better than that. You don't think so? No, it probably does, but in my heart, it doesn't. In Jordan's US 200 chart, it doesn't. Interesting. So, between album one and two, the only lineup change was getting rid of Craig, adding Bo. There was a lineup change between Witness and Awakening as well, and it was their rhythm guitarist. They got rid of their original rhythm guitarist, and they brought on Elliot Gruenberg, who's their current rhythm guitarist. Do you think you can tell? I was just going to say, I think it's interesting, because I don't think the rhythm guitar... When I think of the change, I think of growth in their lead guitar playing, and not necessarily rhythm. But I guess a lot of the times the guitars are playing similar things, like a similar riff, maybe like harmonized or something. Like there's only a handful of actual true guitar solos, mm-hmm. so maybe, maybe that could explain the change. Yeah, maybe. I also love Awakening. Um, it was my favorite Bless the Fall record growing up for sure. And whoa, 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 whoa! Was? I guess we'll have to find out. Yikes! But I don't know if I can continue. This this album is where they took what they didn't witness and they found that the breakdown heavy intense instruments mixing it with soaring melodies and vocals and really doing this kind of dichotomy of things that shouldn't necessarily work well together but they did and they did it so well and then if you have you ever seen them live <laughs> Yeah, we saw them together once at Warped Tour. Yeah, we almost yeah. died. Yeah, they put on an incredible, incredible show. And Bo, the vocalist, actually talked about it, that one of the band's main inspirations is Blink-182. Wow, really? And not necessarily in their music, even though some songs do have a pop-punk tone to it from time to time. It's their live shows and how Blink puts on a true performance and just kind of goes nuts on stage. Bless the Fall likes to mimic that. And I can tell you firsthand at that show at Warped Tour, Bo jumped up on those massive stage speakers and was climbing all around in the yeah, air. True. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And this was in like record, record breaking high heat temperatures. Oh yeah, it was like 120 Fahrenheit outside. Not 120, but it was it was up there. Okay, no, it was actually like 105 or 107, but the heat index was 120. It was terrible. It was, was uh, god awful. I think there is a standout song that I want to mention. Meet yeah. me at the gates. Meet me at the gates. I will agree, and I'm not. I'm gonna actually add to that. I think this album has one of the best endings of an album of any musical album I've ever listened to. If um starting with undefeated, undefeated into till the death of me, 
and then flatlines kind of an interlude into meet me at the gates are just these three songs full of emotion and like i don't know they take everything from the beginning of the album they push it into your face and then just kind of let you meet me at the gates let you mellow out at the end and it's so beautiful yeah i mean one it's a seven minute and 23 second metalcore song so True. Like, what that doesn't happen two is the album ender as long as you don't count that remix song being the album ender um yeah meet me at the gates is the end of the album i i don't know they just they break away from the mold of the the album a little bit to show off how good they are at writing like music, not just metalcore, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. So one of my favorite songs by them ever and the one of the perfect ways of ending an album. Yeah. Really? I don't know. I could probably talk a whole episode about awakening, so we might want to move on if we know what's good for us. Maybe we can one day we can do a deep dive. But next up is Hollow Bodies, comes out in 2013. And this was kind of a, for my opinion, I think this was a transition year for, for you, where you were kind of getting out of metalcore and much harder into more progressive metal. Because I remember showing you Hollow Bodies singles and you weren't really feeling it. Uh, this, yeah. was, this was produced by Joey Sturgis, who's a huge producer in the scene, done Devil was Prada. He's done Acacia Strains. The uh, Death is the Only Mortal. A lot of the We Came as Romans records. Like he's huge in the scene. Still, the record label was Fearless. And Hollow Bodies. Where do you think it charted in the U.S. 200? Less than Awakening. But I'm you probably wrong. wrong. You were very wrong. It charted number 15. <laughs> Awakening was 32. Wow. And Hollow Bodies received the most critical acclaim out of all of their records. It was also the first uh, record to be the se- um, with no lineup change. So from Awakening to Hollow Bodies, they stayed the same. And honestly, I think they improved. Hollow Bodies does everything Awakening does, but is heavier and also has more soaring of vocals. And those are their two main components to the band. So they took their heavy breakdowns and then they made their heaviness more crunchy. I feel like Hollow Bodies is like this crunchy heaviness that you didn't hear in the other albums, mostly due to Joey Sturgis. And then Bo is just only getting better as a vocalist, so the vocals are even better. And you have um, you have songs like uh, Open Water, which is the similar to Meet Me at the Gates. It's like a very slow, drawn-out ending song. But you also have a song like Carry On that really showcased Bo's vocal talents towards the end of that record. Yeah, so you were right. I didn't like this album when it came out, and I didn't listen to this album until prep for this. Except for like the one or two times that I tried back in like 2013. And I don't know why. Because on, like, on paper, I agree with everything you just said. Um, it's it's their heaviest record by far. It is by far their heaviest record. Yeah, I don't I don't really I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Um I didn't like a, not a lot of the songs stood out to me as being like, "Wow, this is a fantastic song." Most of them are like, "Wow, this is a pretty good song." Um and like still today listening to them, 
none of them really jumped out at me as, as much as any of them in Awakening. Except for See You on the Outside. I think that song is incredible. It is so good. Um, it's so funny because I have like four or five, four songs that I think are really good and that wasn't one of them. I think the like the writing style in that song is so different from everything else on the album and it's just so fun and like interesting. I don't know. I thought that song was great. Um and then Young Bloods was pretty good and then the rest were just kind of like not doing it for me as much as Awakening did. Although again, I agree with like individually everything that you said. So I don't I don't know, it's like an anomaly for me. It's weird because it, it 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 takes what they did in Awakening, made it much heavier, and then just I, yeah. So I I think it's better, man. Um, you wear a crown, but you're no king. Is an incredibly fun, fast-paced, heavy song. Hollow Bodies is right after that, and is again bone-crushingly heavy. Young Bloods has one of the best breakdowns of any metalcore band. Um, the lyrics are a bit cringy, but if you can get past those cringy lyrics, then the sound itself is great. And then they did Meet Me at the Gates 2.0 with Open Water, where they have a seven-minute long song at the end of the album to kind of really let you mellow out. And funny enough, Bo's wife also performs in it because his wife is the famous singer Lights. I I feel like Lights was an awakening. Either that or it was 40 Days was about Lights. I don't remember. Ooh, you, I don't remember either, but you're onto something there. Am I? <laughs> yeah. So, after Hollow Bodies comes their, what, fifth album to those left behind in 2015. This one was again produced by Sturgis, again on Fearless Records, again the same lineup. This one charted at 23, so a step back. But, this is also 2015, which this is when streaming started to kind of take its ups. So I could understand a step back, you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess. But, uh, I didn't know that they had released an album. And then sometime after they had released it, I was, I don't remember, I think it was at Best Buy, just kind of looking at CDs. And I saw that they had this new album. I was like, okay, I love Bless the Fall. I liked Witness Awakening and Hollow Bodies a ton. Bought it put it in my car and it was very different like what did you yeah, think it, it is it is what a little different of, what do you think of the sonic change between hollow bodies and to those left behind because i would say they went from their heaviest record to at the time they're easily their softest record yeah it's definitely their softest i don't necessarily think it's a bad change i think the sound still works for them but it's no longer in the in the wheelhouse of music that I would want to listen to all the time. Yeah. Um, and again, I like I don't know. I think it works for them. Like it, it sounds cohesive and well done. Just not not for me. Uh, when I listened to this, after I listened to it, I was kind of like, okay, fine, new sound, it works for them. Whatever. Not not coming back to it. Interesting. You know, I really like this album and I had it in my car for a long time. I think they stopped doing the whole breakdown thing and they took their heaviness and put it where it counted 
rather than trying to have a breakdown in every song. So the album as a whole is softer, but it still is heavy from time to time. Um, and they Bo's perf- singing performance, this is the best by far. Oh he, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll double down on that one for sure. He put on an absolute performance. So to those left behind is much more of a sing-along album with those heavy technical aspects sprinkled in. But I do also think this might be one of their most technical albums coming from the guitarist perspective. Could be wrong, but when you listen to it, although it's not as in your face as Witness Through Hollow Bodies, it's more of a subtle backing guitar that really like allows the singer to perform. And then the guitar is just in the background doing all this really fun and intense things. Wow, that's pretty interesting. I wonder if my perception of this album kind of like affected how I heard it. Because um, I did listen to most of these while I was shoveling snow. So I feel like I there wasn't a lot on my mind to like think of except for listening to this and trying not to die. Um, but maybe the sonic shift kind of like made me not be able to hear what had changed really and just notice that it changed rather than hear the changes. So maybe I should go back and like listen to this one a few more times. I um, would see do that because whenever I first got it and put it in my car, I didn't care for it too much. But since it was in my car, I, listened, I had it on often. And just the more I listened, the more better it got. You, the songs are great to sing along to, but then there's just there is that still that solid instrumentation that you get from uh, the lead guitars are still in the songs. It's just not as in your face. Yeah, because I think I listened to this one like two or three times on repeat too. Hmm. Um. And maybe I was just not, because uh, I don't know if I said it, but I haven't listened to th- to those Left Behind or Hard Feelings before this, whereas I had listened to Hollow Bodies once or twice, but I didn't really like it then. Um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe I should go back and give it a listen, but first time through for me, it was like, I don't know, 7.75 if I had to rate it. That's fair, that's fair. So then the next and their last album for most recent album they're not done as a band i don't think came out in 2018 so the first time they didn't release an album every two years they took a three-year gap between hard feelings this one is their first record without fearless records since witness or since his last walk this was on rise records um you can tell by the sound as well it's also <laughs> not no longer produced by sturgis it's produced by tyler smythe Matt Good, who's a part of Drugs and From First to Last, and Howard Benson, who's a Grammy Award-winning uh, producer for bands like Three Days Grace, My Chemical Romance, and much more. So that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. So they went into a completely different direction. Uh, Matt Good, it's a very different style than their older albums. I don't know Howard Benson as a whole, but he seems just like a great producer overall. This charted number 54. So a little bit better than Witness, but worse than all the other albums except for his last walk. Wow, that's very interesting. I know, but at the same time, it's in 2018. I think that music of this style was definitely not um, being bought as often due to streaming. I could be wrong, but I also think that this is their next big sonic change. So between uh, his last walk and witness, there was a pretty good change. Between hollow bodies and to those left behind, there was a 
it was a big change, I think, due to the fact that Hollow Bodies was so heavy and To Those Left Behind was so soft. But if you had To Those Left Behind before Witness, it wouldn't be as big of a difference, you know? But this album is just completely different. They they almost sound like a different band. It it has some of the same singing and it has some of that same heavy breakdown style like metalcore. But there's a lot more like electronic elements added to it, a lot more kind of like what I would consider quote unquote party elements to the songs. What do you think? Yeah, I was almost gonna say that it sounded like they took some pop influences from like the 2018 time frame yes and like incorporated them into their music so this feels like a this kind of feels like to those left behind but poppy yeah not like the artist poppy but like pop influences um, i would i would totally agree with that and again like it's not bad like it works for them it, like it comes out cohesive and sounds fine but again not the direction of music that i would like to be listening to right the same and i would actually rather listen to this than his last walk but oh yeah totally totally agree which is hilarious but but other than that the only song that really stuck out to me and i actually i think this is one of their best songs is cutthroat really yeah that song was so it was one it was funny the lyrics was stupid at the beginning but it was funny and heavy and it kind of just they went they did a throwback to like their older stuff and just went really really heavy and fun on cutthroat and i loved it but every other song for me is pretty forgetful yeah i kind of found the whole thing a little bit forgetful honestly so Mm. i I only made it through like one and a half listens of this one though that's that's fair i guess i mean I, i don't like it all that much either but Hopefully they do come back and release another album and they hopefully are, I mean, if they put out Hard Feelings 2.0, I'll still listen to it and enjoy it, but just not as much as if it was another, like, of their older style. Wow, dude, I'm looking at their Spotify chart right now. Yeah. Um, it looks like their second most played song is Cutthroat. That, that would make sense. You know what their first most played song is? Hollow Bodies. What about their third? Hey baby, here's the song you wanted. All right, number four. Well, uh, guys like you make us look bad. Now you're looking at Spotify too, aren't you? I have been this whole time. <laughs> you suck. Also, that doesn't necessarily mean uh one through four. That's the Spotify's popular is a they do recent and listened at the same time. Well, right, but I'm looking at like number. I'm not looking at order. Oh yeah, no, right. But even those numbers, like there could be a song that's not up there that could have just as high of a number as Welcome Home. But like, do you really think so? Because I don't. You don't think so? I don't think any one of their songs suppresses 17.8 million listens. Well, no, not. I don't think anything's going to beat Hollow Bodies, but Welcome Home only is 5.7. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I'm surprised. I'm like both surprised and not surprised. Uh, hey, baby was a single from that record, and also the music video blew up. So I can see that being popular. Cutthroat's the best song on Hard Feelings, so I can definitely see that. I don't think Hollow Bodies is the best song on um, Hollow Bodies, but I do think that was a single, and it was the best single. So that's probably why. Makes sense. But yeah. 
that's all the albums. And the only other bit of info that I have for you is their drummer has since left the band. Uh, Matt Trainer, their original drummer after Hard Feelings, left to be with family. So if they do come back, they could have a completely different sound from that. Family isn't his family, or like, is it a band called Family? No, as in his family. Like, I guess he was a dad or whatever. I don't, I don't know the small details. Makes sense. So, Jordan, I would love for you to give your ranking of albums from their worst album to their last album. You can give ratings if you want to. You can well from their worst to their last. The worst. Oh, sorry, worst to their best. My bad. Okay, so the first one you want me to say is my least favorite. Correct. Okay. Was there more information? I kind of um, cut you off. You did. That's okay. You can also give a rating if you want, or you can give comments if you want. We've kind of talked about them all already, but up to you. Worst to best. Worst is his last walk. That is also my worst. I agree. Um, Second worst. Oh, sorry. You want to? I'm going to add a little tidbit for me. I don't care for Craig Mabbitt in this album. I like him in other stuff he's done, and the production's bad. That's really the main issues with it. Yeah, I would agree. Second worst? For me, is Hard Feelings. Same. What? I gave I gave his last walk a 7, and I gave Hard Feelings a 7.5. Wow. If I had to rate them, that's exactly what I would give him, too. Dude, we are soul brothers. Not usually, though. From time to time. All right, now here's where I bet we differ. I bet we don't. I'm going to say to those left behind. Oh, we definitely differ then. My, f- I guess that my fourth favorite is Witness. Mm, wow. Yeah, different a little it, bit there. I, I give it a 7.9. I think it was just short of an 8. And that could be because I know what they sound like after this and how they've improved. But it was so close. It, it, it really doesn't matter. But this witness is where they found their, found their stride and found their sound. But it wasn't perfected yet. I'd give to those left behind a 7.75. Really? Yeah. I'm glad you have it higher than hard feelings. But I'm a little sad it's as low as it is. What's your well, third favorite? My third favorite is Hollow Bodies. Interesting. I'm going to give Hollow Bodies probably an 8. So this is where, for me, I had some struggles for my top three. I know. You were texting me every day like, top three changed again. <laughs> it, it did. Because originally it was one thing, then it was another. And also, by the, you'll tell by the ratings. My third favorite, I rated an 8.6. And it's Awakening. Your third favorite? My third favorite is Awakening. Is Awakening. Is Awakening. And originally, this was like number one. But after listening to everything and realizing that a lot of my love for this album does come from some nostalgia, I think it's much better than Witness. But I also think that the other two albums enhance what they did in in Awakening. So what's your second favorite? Uh, Witness. I could see that coming. Would you rate it? 
Uh, I'd probably give Witness an 8.25. Not bad. Yeah, nice. I mean, they... it's pretty incremental changes, honestly. Yeah, true. My second favorite is To Those Left Behind. And I gave it an 8.8. Um, It's one of my favorites, especially after having it in my car for so long. They... They... <laughs> They improved on everything that they've done before, just it's not as heavy. But I still like the album as much the same. Fair. Um, funny thing is, though, if we're talking about songs, which we will next, To Those Left Behind has less memorable songs, but the album as a whole was better, in my opinion. Which is kind of weird. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. But then number one, what's your favorite? There's only one left. Awakening, hands down. What would you rate it? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Kind of want to give it something nutty like a nine point five. Ooh, ooh, it's a good album, so I can understand. Even though I gave it an eight point six. My favorite. Yeah, is well, Hollow one of us Body. likes good music, and the other one doesn't. That's true, and, and I depending love on who says music. that statement, it's still true. <laughs> <laughs> but number one for me is Hollow Bodies. I give it a nine out of ten. I think that they they did this is where they am sorry this is where they have the best of all of their sound so their core sound to me and what made them famous is their their breakdown brutal lows mixed with their soaring vocal highs and in hollow bodies is when those are as far away from each other as possible while still sounding cohesive and being both fun and unrelenting the entire time and that's why I gave it a 9 out of 10. It has chunkster guitars. Sometimes Chunk. it sounds like deathcore. Not often, but from time to time. Soaring, soaring vocals. And some of their most beautiful and best songs. And that's why Hollow Bodies got my number one. Does that surprise you? Uh, only because of how much you hyped up uh, To Those Left Behind. But so otherwise, no. Originally, when I first started this, Awakening was number one, To Those Left Behind was number two, and Hollow Bodies was number three. And then I did like, there. original listen, and then To Those Left Behind was number one, Awakening was number two, and Hollow Bodies was still number three. And then after a few more listens, Hollow Bodies jumped up, and Awakening fell. And that's just how it goes. Yeah, you should, but, you should have stopped while you were ahead. Do you have a favorite? Any favorite songs by Bless the Fall? Um, do I have any favorite songs that aren't on Awakening? Is the question. <laughs> um. So okay, if I'm not gonna cheat, I'll say, "Hey baby, here's a song you wanted." Yep. Um, I'll say Forty Days," "Don't Say Goodbye," and "Meet Me at the Gates" from Awakening. Okay. And then um, see you on the outside from Hollow Bodies. And that's it. If I was going to give standout songs, that would be it. It's a pretty solid list, to be honest with you, even though different than the songs I have from the same albums. For me, I did like a 10, 10 songs, no order. Uh, so from Witness, Hey Baby, Here's the Song You Wanted, incredible. But other, every other song was not as memorable. Rememberable. From rememberable from awakening we got undefeated till the death of me and Mimi at the gates because that trio of songs together is for me unbeatable as like a 
as like a trio in that regard. It is a pretty good trio of songs that you can't beat. And then Hollow Bodies, I have four songs with You Wear a Crown But You're No King, Hollow Bodies, Young Bloods, and Open Water. There's three heavy songs and then Open Water. <laughs> <laughs> and then from To Those Left Behind, like I said, there wasn't a ton of standout songs, but Departures was really, really, really good. Hmm. It definitely stood out. And then from Hard Feelings, Cutthroat. Yeah, Cutthroat was definitely the best from that album, but I wouldn't give it standout status. Hmm. I would. <laughs> I mean, you, you did. No going back now. So what do you think of Bless the Fall after re-listening to them again and doing this whole artist spotlight? Better than I remember. But their newer sound is not something that I would want to listen to myself. I agree that they were better than I remember. After like doing this, I am stoked on Bless the Fall, this in general. I love them again, just like I did back then. I disagree that their newest stuff isn't as good besides hard feelings. Like if those to those left behind was their most recent, I'd be like, their new stuff is fantastic. Let's keep going. Well, let me clarify. I don't think it's not that it's like not as good or bad. It's just not in my wheelhouse that I want to listen to. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, I'm glad we could do this though. Cause I loved just relearning all these different things about the band. Yeah, it was nice to go back and listen to them and all their newer stuff that I missed out on. True. Hopefully they can release something soon. I know I've seen a lot of people on the interwebs kind of asking like where they've been because they haven't posted anything on socials and some people think they've broken up and this and that. Hopefully not. Yeah, I'd like to hear something new from them. But as we end this episode... Do you have any hot takes or metal grades for our listeners to check out? I do. I have a hot take, actually. Yeah, what is it? It's a band called Ludo, and the song is Love Me Dead. Dude, I love that song. I know. I wasn't originally going to say that. I was going to say something else, but then it just popped in my mind for some reason, and I can't not put that on there. I didn't even know you liked that song. Oh, dude, I love that oh. song so freaking good it's like the old style um i don't know what the genre you would say but whatever panic at the disco was when they were like really good at the beginning ludo is like similar to that but just lyrically super fun and catchy i love me dead is great yeah the music video for that is also just a really good music video speaking of good music videos i'm gonna drop a hot take that I love, not, be, not only because the song is really good, but the music video is incredible, and that's Oliver Tree's I'm Gone. Pretty and good music me, video, honestly. Let me tell you, man, if you haven't checked out Oliver Tree and his music videos, just go to the couch, queue up all his music videos and watch them, because they are incredibly creative, super fun to watch. The dude puts on this weird persona in his songs and then his music is wild because you have songs like i'm gone which is it's not metal in it but it's, it was more on that kind of like rock and darker side than some of his other music but then he'll have songs that sound like 90s rap then he'll have songs that sound like indie pop then he'll have songs that sound like grunge and it all within one album and all with these really fun well-produced music videos 
check out Oliver Tree, especially the song I'm Gone. Yeah, I was pretty pretty floored by his music videos. They're pretty crazy. Did you watch multiple or just the one? I watched three of them. I don't remember any of the songs, though. Because mm. um, I was kind of like falling asleep in bed. But the music videos were really cool. They're, they're great. They're just they're fun. But unfortunately, no metal grades for everybody this week. Jordan kind of mentioned it before. I don't know if you mentioned it on the pod or not. But we can have a metal grade every week because not all songs are that great. If we want it to be a truly great, you know? Yeah, if it's supposed to be like a Hall of Fame of Metal, you, you, can't, you can't expect to put one on every episode because then we're going to dilute it. But I tell you what, with some of the songs I've heard this year from the bands, there's going to be some getting added pretty soon. Yes, there's, yeah. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for listening as always. If you liked it, dropping a five-star review on Apple Podcasts is greatly appreciated to get us to more listeners. If you need to contact us for any way, tell us how bad we suck, give us any feedback on the podcast, or just say how much you love Jordan's silky voice like I do, you can hit us up on Twitter at 2MetalFans or email 2MetalFans at gmail.com. Any last words, Jordan? I'm flattered. Thank you. You're welcome. Peace out, everybody. Stay metal.